Greetings and welcome to another fine edition of the Brattlecast, where we talk about books, old, rare, and out of print. We talk about people who buy, sell, appraise, and collect them, and a whole lot more. Not just books, a whole lot more. But today, uh, Ken Gloss, the proprietor of the Brattle Bookshop in Boston, historic landmark on West Street, 9 West Street to be exact. And Ken, let's talk a little bit today about one particular estate sale, if you will, an investigation, and what it turns up. These are always fun. Well, I I thought that it would sort of be interesting to tell the story from beginning sort of to middle to end of how some of the books come to us or how it starts with a phone call, how it starts with sort of our process, what the person who's calling us, what we can glean on how they're thinking about everything. And I thought I'd run by one that came up recently. Usually when someone calls, if the, if they call, now we get emails and so on. But the, the reality is even when someone emails, if it sounds interesting, I like to talk to them. I find you still, when you talk to somebody, things can come out that you're not expecting. Uh, you ask a simple question and, and the conversation carries things beyond a written sentence. Uh, in any case... Uh, this from when we're doing this podcast, about three, four weeks ago, a man calls and he says, I have uh, my cousin died and I have some books, which is a relatively common call. Either we're moving or someone's died, it'd either be a husband, a friend, a, a brother, a sister, a family member, whatever. So, you know, this case, it was a cousin. And what we try to do initially on the phone is get a sense of what the person has. I mean, if the person tells me we have a – well, we the first question we ask usually is about how many books do you have? And in many cases, the first answer is a lot. <laughs> and then we ask what kind of books do you have? And the first answer many times is fiction and nonfiction, which is every book ever done. So we, we try to and, – and you know – when you're doing this day after day, year after year, you sort of smile and say, you know, we realize that's really not telling us anything. But I understand because when I uh, talk to an antique dealer and there might be furniture or paintings or something like that and they ask me to describe it, I don't know how to describe it. I don't know what their language is. So the fact that we get questions like that, it's normal. So we try to narrow it down a little in any case. Uh, and we also try to find out where it is because if if it's within a half an hour, an hour drive, you don't necessarily ask as many questions as if they're in upstate New York or yeah. in northern Maine or, you know. Uh, it, let's it, remember, too, that this is logistically a business where you have to go and physically work through and physically remove. Uh, yeah. And, <laughs> and, and, and in this story, you'll people will understand okay. that to agree. Anyway, the man says – his cousin collected books. He had about 500 books. His main interest was mysteries and sports. Now, those are subjects that can be very good. People like them. But the reality is hardcover mysteries, people like paperbacks better. They actually sell better. Unless you're talking about Raymond Chandler and you know the first editions and the really rare. Uh, people, if they just want to read mysteries, they like the paperbacks. They're easier. You finish them on the plane. You leave them in the pocket. Sure. You don't worry about it. In sporting books, I love sports, but you know the 
the biography of the player who was famous 15 years ago who nobody knows anymore or cares. You know, he might have been had his career. The guy who caught the big touchdown for the Giants put out a book immediately afterwards when we, I guess, lost to them in the Patriots Super Bowl. And I can't even tell you his name. <laughs> well, right. So there were a lot of books like that. Yeah. But he, they lived just outside of the Boston right. area. And I sort of said, yeah, well, okay, fine. We'll, we'll go out. We'll at least take a look. Maybe we can do something. Um, it, it was actually a little bit slow. One of, one of the effects of this pandemic that hopefully this will be a while before this one is, but has been that uh, the buying for us has been a little bit slow. And the reason for that is people aren't moving. Real estate is incredibly high because not a lot of people move. A lot of people, when they're in their 60s, 70s, move to you know these wonderful retirement areas mm. and villages. But who would want to do that when they don't want you socializing? They don't want oh, you yeah, with other yeah. people. So if people aren't selling their houses, they're not calling in the book dealer, the antique dealer. The So it was a little slow. So I said, fine, I'll go out and see your house and see what your cousin had. Get to the house. It's a big Tudor house. I mean, really very well kept up, beautiful garden around it. I mean, perfectly manicured. So you sort of saying, you know, someone really takes care of this place. And then you walk in the house and there's the dining room. And you look around, and there are bookcases all around the dining room. I mean, literally, mm-hmm. every wall, inch of wall space is filled with bookcases. And I'm looking at this first room, I'm going, that's more than 500 books. Uh, you know, uh, question, but before you move further, is it neat and organized and as pleasant inside as out, or is it a, well, more of a hoarder situation? Well, it's it's a hoarder situation. Okay. And... Um, but this room had they had already done a lot of cleaning. But the interesting part about a lot of hoarder situations when you get into all of the stuff in the house is dirty, nasty, maybe in bad condition, and so on. This wasn't the case. We go into the next room. Now you, it was a little difficult to get into the room because there was so much stuff piled up. Mm. But there's another room, and it's the walls are filled with books. We go into the extension. To the, they had built an extension on the house. And that room, and you walk up the stairway, and there are bookcases up and down the stairway. Uh, and, and you're going, wait a minute, there are 500 books? Uh, then you get up to the second floor of this place, and two or three of the rooms you couldn't get into. Oh, my they, gosh. They they collected they also collected sports memorabilia. There were baseball bats everywhere. I guess some of the signed baseballs. I guess they had hundreds of signed baseballs, uh, and you, you, but some of it you couldn't even get at. And then there was bags of clothes, and and this was on and on and on. And then you get to the third floor. It, <laughs> it's still going. It's still going, and. Then when he finishes that, he takes us down the basement. And I'm going, how did you figure there were 500 books here? Uh, but it, it wasn't what I was expecting. And, and I'm saying to myself, you know, there's probably closer to 10,000 books here. And, uh, but they weren't rare books. They were just 
used books. And he told me that his cousin, that he'd go to a restaurant and eat with his family. And the minute they ordered, out would come a book. And he'd sit there and read during the whole meal. Sounds a, a bit... Uh... Sounds a bit like a character. Was he a single man by any No, way? he was married. He, he, was. he was a doctor. He was a pediatrician, matter of fact. My goodness. And, and, but then I said to the cousin, I said, well, we've got to get, in order to even get into this room, someone's got to clean it out. So there was a, a stepson who was doing all of that work. And we ended up working out and negotiating a, uh, a price on the collection and, boy, that's the part that's the hard work. Well, I, was, I have to ask. I mean, how many people did you have with you from the – Well, when, when, when I first did it, it was me. Just you to Yeah, I mean, uh, to look. Okay. And then uh, this is, again, another uh, thing about the pandemic is that you don't want to have a huge crew. Mm. So we, so we made another appointment, and we moved out a couple of thousand books, and made another appointment, and another appointment. And as we now, tape this, you're still working on it. We're still working on it. And the other thing that the man did is, I was told that he went to every book signing that he could possibly ever go to. So he taped on. Now we put a plastic wrapper on well, every book. I had to. I was about to ask if you had done that on these books, or he did. These looks like library books without the library. Well, they're all card. in perfect shape. They're absolutely gorgeous. They all have. He must have spent a fortune on plastic. Just uh, wrapping book. them up. But here's one of Will Chamberlain. But then you open it up, and there's there Will Chamberlain's right. signature. Okay. Uh, here's one ball for Jim Bowden, which, by the way, is a great baseball have book. Have read it, absolutely. Uh, and signed by Jim Bowden. Okay. This man must have spent all of his time off. Now, he, the mysteries is one Elmore Leonard, and it's got, signed got, by Elmore Leonard. But wow. one, 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 one interesting story was when we were moving one of the lots from the third floor of this house— uh, one of our employees had his second shot the day before for the COVID. Yeah. And, you know, they tell you how you get tired and you get could get really adverse reactions or for a day. Or or fever. Yeah, feverish. Or, you know, yeah. only a day or two. And, and it's much better than getting COVID by any mm. means. And so he moved 85 boxes in probably it was about 60 degrees from the third floor down to our truck. So up and down, up and down, 85 boxes. And we had two, me and two assistants. And at the end of it, uh, you know, he said, well, why don't I go home after this? He goes, you know, I'm feeling really tired. Maybe it's that second shot. (laughs) (laughs) About 85 book trips. Yeah, up and down three. I mean, I was doing it too. And literally, I was soaked through the mask. I was soaked through everything else, sweating. And I said to him, did you ever think it might be that you just carry. You know, you'll live forever because, like conductors who use their arms to swing, you're constantly running up and down stairs with big boxes of books. Running up and down stairs, but we still have the basement to do. Oh my gosh! Uh, and um, the uh, an interesting thing with the man. Part of the deal was the, they had some of those rotating bookcases, and he insisted that we take them. And actually, we had some people who wanted them. But there were two more down in the basement that are buried in books. I mean, we could see the edges of them sticking out from the <laughs> piles of books. So we've still got a few thousand to move. One of the 
problems with this collection is there's probably two or three percent of it that is actually some better, maybe $50 or $100 mm-hmm. signed by someone. Maybe he had some of the Harry Potter books signed and so on. Turns out we're closer to 20,000 books. As Even I was off that much because I couldn't get into rooms. So I understood <laughs> where his cousin was having the problems. A lot of the books, though, are not rare books. They're mysteries, hardcover. And when you get 20,000, or maybe 10,000 mysteries in all at the same time, it actually gets to be a problem because even if someone buys a bag full and another person buys a bag full, it's going to take years and well, years to uh, have this Here's go. a question. I mean, I know the store pretty well and uh, the shop, and I'm thinking, uh, do you have room in your basement to store? Well, or, or one of the times when I'm in, you come in, I'll oh. show you the basement. <laughs> There's there's a limit on on what say, the storage. But but I tell you, I mean, if you put a bunch of mysteries out on your outdoor uh, sales bin cart, you, you'll do well, I'm sure. Oh, we'll do well. It will just take years to do it, yep. and then uh, and and it's not like we're going not going to other estates at the same time. But usually, when someone calls and they say they have 500 books, which is where this all started, sometimes they have a hundred, sometimes they have. 700 or 1,000. It's, that's a, but not 500 to 20,000. Not sure. 500 to 20,000. The question is, would you have the option in a case like that of saying, let me go through, I'll take 3,000 of the best, and, and that's what I can do for you? One of the things that I tell people is when we go to houses, you'd think after we look through, we come up, we work out a, a figure that we think is fair, that we can do well with, the, the, that's fair to the, to the estate or, or the person moving. And you'd think the first question sometimes might be, well, gee, could you do a little better or isn't this a little better? No, that's not the first question. The first question is usually, are you going to take everything? <laughs> and if you say yes to that part of it, it's a, it's a done deal. If you say, no, I want to pick, then it gets into this long negotiation because people don't want to see books when you're done. See, that's why you're the best in the business and <laughs> you have all this experience dealing with these kinds of issues. So in this case, the, the cousin who is dealing yeah. with this is so tired of getting this house ready to put on the market and sell that he can't wait for us to finish the last part of it. And it's, you know, we... We almost, I think at this point, if it known, and we had said to him, we're going to charge you to take these 20,000 books out, he might have said yes. because it, It's really interesting <laughs> to think that this gentleman, I don't want to assume anything, but had he read all of them or even three quarters of them, he would have been a very, very prolific reader. Well, probably reading would a be. Lot. That must well, have been his hobby. Yeah. And, and when we finished this phase of it, they, he actually had loads and loads of bookends. Now, they're not terribly valuable, but, you know, bookends make nice displays. So when we're finished moving the books and he had some prints of things that came out of books and we're going to talk about that. And he had a few signed items. Uh, now, he was very interested in sports and I went down the basement. In the first item I picked up, I looked at it was framed, a signed check. And I looked at the picture and I go, that's Mo Berg. I knew oh. Moberg. He used to be a customer. Absolutely. The first one I pick up. So it's really interesting. You start out, you ask a few questions on the phone, 
you make the appointment, you go out to the house, you expect to see a little of this, a little of that. Hopefully, you'll buy a few books, maybe fill up part of a truck. And next thing you know, for the next three weeks, you're moving 20,000 books, truck after truck. Everybody's tired. Um, having to wear masks while you're moving mm -hmm. that type of stuff, boy, will I be happy when that's done. It, <laughs> it is, it's hot enough wearing a mask on a, when you're just out walking. Oh, yeah. Doing yeah. physical work. And, but there are other customers who are going to love this. The cousin who's cleaning the house out even though the books add up to a fair amount, compared to the real estate, he just wants to get that on the market, wants to be done with all of this, and uh, like and we'll get the books out. Like a kid in a candy store, you uh, you get a you get a real thrill when you walk into a house. You don't know what you're going to find. You don't know what you're going to find, yeah. and uh, and when I talk with my employees, we all say, "Boy, we want to be done with this. We want to be done with this." But every time you load up a truck with another 1,000 books, you realize, wait a minute, we can sell these. Mm -hmm. Even if they're a dollar a piece, it's— You can it, sell them, and, and people are going to enjoy them. That's the exactly. best part of the book. So, And there are many, many stories like that where you expect to go into one thing, and you see something totally different. And well, sometimes it's spectacular, and sometimes— it's just a good story. Just like the old expression, can't judge a book by its cover. <laughs> can't judge an estate sale until you get there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Ken, thank you as always. And uh, for not only sharing, but sharing in such a fun way. Uh, you, you're a great storyteller. Well, one of the things about, one of the reasons that I plan never to quit is because I love what I do. And it's mm -hmm. fun. And you never know when you're going to walk into 20,000 books you didn't know about. Or sometimes... They tell you there's a lot, and there's one book in there, or one item, like some of the things we've talked about in the other, that make the whole deal. So it's fun, and, and people are fun. If you have any questions, comments, or suggestions, brattlebookshop.com. Check it out, and join us next time right here on the Brattlecast. Thanks, Ken. Thank you. Thank you.